you are listening to The Janine Garner Show. Janine is a leading expert on leadership and driving influence through networking and collaboration, passionate about bringing brilliant people together to achieve remarkable results. Join Janine Garner as she shares insights, interviews and conversations, and let's together make the remarkable happen. Welcome to today's episode of Unleashing Brilliance. Um, today I am sat here, I've got the pleasure of chatting to the fabulous Vicky McLean. Um, Vicky is a revenue growth strategist. She is the director of a business called Spark Gap Global. And Vicky's passion is about creating organizations that not only look good on the outside, but feel great on the inside. Her experience is phenomenal, 20 years of working with some of the biggest brands across the world. Um, she's a leader with cross-media experience to the highest level, both within Australia and globally. And she leads projects that build unified workplace cultures, high-performing teams, and inspirational leaders. What I love about Vicky is the fact that she brings this depth of business smarts with a proven track record of taking companies from red to black, really proving that putting people before profit does make you more profitable. So it's wonderful to have you here, Vicky. It's such a pleasure to be able to get inside your head and find out what makes you you. Can you give us the whistle-stop trip of Vicky from where she, went, where she was and where she's got to? What's, what's the journey of Vicky to here? Um, Thank you. It's nice to be here. I think the journey would start, you know, as it always does when you're a child. And, you know, I found my passion very early, I think. I was always um, out and about doing things. I mean, if you talk to my mother, she would say, look, she was never at home because I was either at gymnastics one night, marching the next, Um, you know, just constantly on the go. And I think, you know, I was also in allocution, I was learning speech, I was studying through the Trinity um, College of London, doing my examinations and things like that, and I just thrived, I loved that stuff. And so part of that took me to announcing on a radio station when I was like 14, I was reciting poetry. And my first experience was at a little old radio station for old people listening, and I just loved it. I loved the fact that I knew that I was making others feel something. And I think that was my moment where I went, you know what, I'd, lo- you know, I'd love to get myself into a career um, that gave me this opportunity, not to know that other things would happen through my life, as life does. I mean, I think, you know, you read out that kind of bio at the start and I'm like, wow, and you stop and go, really, is that me? <laughs> That's not who I thought I was. But, you know, you kind of go, yeah, it's all true. But where did it start? It started from just... Um, being any young girl like you are growing up in an environment and and working out a way to kind of navigate yourself forward a lot of um, a lot of what I experienced was through naivety and I always say naivety was my friend because I didn't know what I didn't know and so I just went out there and did it and um, I yeah I don't know how far to go but basically I got into radio I got into radio announcing um, I then moved into the people side of the business which was more managing leadership development strategy promotions uh, copywriting I've done uh, a lot um, in my career so the personal side's obviously very different but what drove me to get there but yeah I've had a great journey Fantastic and some of the journey. brands that you've worked worked with include mm-hmm. which ones? 
Um, I've mostly worked a lot with radio stations in New Zealand because I grew up in New Zealand. I came over here and worked with, um, in the day, you know, uh, it wasn't Austereo, but it was B105 when it first got launched in Brisbane. Um, I worked with 4KQ in Brisbane. I've worked with a lot of different radio stations and then globally I've worked um, on accounts. So I've worked, then became a consultant where I was consulting to different networks. Um, and some of those networks have involved, you know, with working with Virgin Radio, um, working with Prime Media in South Africa. So quite a, you know, diverse bunch, different countries from Kenya. I've worked in um, India, Thailand. Um, so with a lot of different people and um, experiences that I've had through that have just been you know, incredible. I'm very, very blessed. And now you're running your own business, mm-hmm. consulting to some big brands mm-hmm. in terms of their growth. I know there's some really exciting stuff on the horizon. Mm-hmm. Um, in control of your own destiny totally. Mm-hmm. But what I want to explore is where did it all start? Because what I don't know if any people who know you understand know is at 17, you were a single mum, right? Yes, yes. Well, I was a mum. I wasn't single at that point. Yeah. <laughs> I did stay with the the father for a, a few years. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, my story is, is one of um, getting through some tough moments, definitely. I mean, and that's why I'm big on the rainbow. You know, it's like, you know, you have bright days and you have some really dark days. How do you get through those dark days? And, and I, I picked up some techniques in, in, very, in a very young age. I think that's what's helped steer me in the direction I am. Um, so yeah, I had my beautiful son Jamie, the best thing that came out of that relationship, um, and you know he's now thirty, so thirty years on. I mean, you know he um, really sort of. I often say you, you know he got dragged through life with me, but he doesn't see it that way. Thankfully, um, he sees it as mum. You know, I got to experience growing up with you, mm-hmm. and so him and I are very very close. Yeah. So at seventeen, you were in New Zealand. Mm-hmm. Um, but then you moved to Brisbane. I did. At um, the age of? 18. Uh, <laughs> with a little boy in tow. Yeah, and a partner. I mean, and I was a, with yeah. his dad still. Yeah. Um, and so we moved over there. And uh, there's a whole lot of background to that story. But in, in a nutshell, I, I ended up um, leaving him and you know, sort of find, trying to find myself at that period. I've been through a lot of uh, verbal abuse with him and other abuse, and so you know, I had to kind of work a, a way to get away from that situation, and moving to Australia was actually the best way for me to do that. Um, I knew that, so um, I made that happen, and then I managed to you know, separate whilst there, and I went out on my own secretly, just Jamie and I, for a long time. You know, we sort of almost in hiding. Um, and um, and then you know I just had to sort of sit and think about what am I going to do from here? It was just him and I, and it was a moment in time where I remember and uh, eating potatoes and living off potatoes for a week and going, gosh, you know, I, I need to change my life. Um, we can't live like this. I couldn't even afford to send a stamp home on a, on a letter to my parents those days. There was no no communication through anything else except letters. And I just remember that aha moment and went, shit. You know, I need to change my circumstance. Um, fortunately, yes, I did have that kind of little fire in my belly and I, was, I must have been strong, you know, and, and I was able to um, book myself into or, or find a course that I wanted to do, which was in radio and TV. So I, I worked um, for a year studying. Um, and whilst I was studying, I lived with um, a guy who had two children and we would share the care of our, our children so that I could study. 
Um, fortunately, I then, you know, just it just led into an opportunity to become an intern in a, in a radio station. And again, it just comes back to that determination. I was determined to make a difference for my son. He was my why. Mm. Where do you think so the determination to make a difference from your son mm. was it was it purely that driver of your, your son or were there other people in your world that you think created that drive mm. and that hunger within you? Look, I, I again, I mean, it's probably I surrounded myself with some really cool people and I had um, my sisters in my life, which were you know godsends. I mean, they still are. They're my best friends and. Um, we, you know, were able to kind of keep in touch a lot. They helped me. Um, my, you know, my family were there for me, but we were, you know, quite isolated living in Australia back then because there was no communication. So it was just Jamie and I. And so I did have to really work out um, my own course. And as you say, like the naivety of it was good because I didn't have anybody else going, no, you can't do that. You shouldn't do that um, because I didn't have anybody around me. So I just kind of dug it in and did it on my own. I love, we were talking earlier and you were saying one of the biggest gifts you almost had was your own naivety. Can you mm. share what you were sharing with me about that? What it created in terms of the naivety gave you the opportunity to just go off and do stuff? Yeah, I don't think I was blocked by any voices, you know. We always have those little voices in our head that tell us we're not good enough, you can't do that. Um, I didn't hear any of that when I was younger. I heard it as I got older because I heard, you know, I got fed it as I met people and worked in environments that, you know, you're around people. People are going to damage that confidence and self-worth. Um, I was very confident. I didn't see that I couldn't achieve this. And so I just went and did it. And so the naivety of it was actually my gift. Um, here I am with a you know, two-year-old in tow and um, you know, he's just getting dragged around. And then you know, I moved, we moved 13 times yeah. um, up until Jamie was 14. Wow. And so you know, he experienced a different birthday in every town and we kind of we joke about that now. But you know, at the time it wasn't what I wanted to, to do, but you know, it's just what you have to do sometimes. Mm. That determination sounds to me like it's been unwavering in you um, mm. since, since before you can probably remember. How do you, do you feel determined now? What are you determined to do now? What's driving you now? Yeah, it's interesting because I did get to that point where I went, gosh, you know, I haven't got um, such a drive now. Jamie's safe, he's happy, he's doing well himself. And so then you go, gosh, well, what does my life look like? Um, and so now I guess it's me paying it forward. It's helping other companies. I enjoy it. I mean, I've never, you know, people go, oh, what do you do with your free time? My free time is actually what I do. Um, <laughs> you keep talking. And um, so I, my, so free time for me is doing things that, that set me free. And when I'm working in environments that I love and with people that I love, that's the freedom. And that's the freedom of choice. And yeah. that's what I feel very fortunate that I've created for myself. So what inspires you now? What is it that you're doing that you that you love? What's lighting you up now? Um, the lights go on when I can see that I can make a difference in you know certain organizations in terms of um, letting other voices be heard. You know, some I guess me even being a leader in different environments was because I liked the fact that I could control some of the bullies and the narcissists that would take over. And you know, I'd sort of like like to kind of beat them down, quiet them down, so the 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 young voice and the young people coming through could can bring out who they are. And you know, I've been fortunate again. I've worked with some amazing people and have been led by this one amazing woman that is still a very good friend today. 
and um, I was able to, you know, she was able to coach me and and sort of teach me the Oprah style of business as opposed to being, you know, too kind of forceful and grumpy and, and you know, do it my way or the highway. Mm, I love that, Vicky. One of, um, one of the interesting things I'm exploring is this whole concept of unleashing brilliance, which is what this podcast is about. What, what does that mean to you? What does unleashing brilliance or, or building success mean to you, Vicky? To me, I think it is about um, being okay about being okay about having uh, the right scaffolding around you. Um, you know, I've always had a team to sort of support me in terms of my team is you know my accountant. Without a good accountant, I wouldn't be where I am today. A coach. Without a good business coach, I wouldn't have got through some of the things I've got to. Um, you know, making sure that you've got a, a psychologist, you know, a safe place where you can go and talk and, and let out anything that you're feeling um, so that, you know, you can kind of unravel that stuff. Because I think we get so busy uh, that we just don't get time to stop and have that space. And so I think success is when you've got that balance and you've got that understanding of, you know, to be a, a happy person contributing to society, you've got to be self-aware. You've got to invest in yourself and have that time to be able to stop and really review where you're at. Mm. So for you, it, it success is starts with self. Mm. It starts with yourself mm. first. And um, only when you're um, successful in yourself are you able to then help other people, um, mm. which comes through in your work that you're doing at the moment in terms of leadership and building mm. inspiring leaders. So how, how do you as an individual, make sure that you keep performing at your best. Um, because when we're operating at such a high level, you know, you're consulting for other businesses, you're building your own business, you're managing yourself, you're looking after your family and your friends. How do you make sure that you, Vicky, mm-hmm. is performing at your best? What do you do to look after yourself? Um, well, I've, you know, I've learned a lot of techniques and skills from great people, including yourself over the years. And, you know, I'm very much, I put my morning ritual in place. You know, that is me time. Um, no one can take that away from me. It's very important. And, you know, if someone needs me for a meeting at 8am, then, you know, I just start my morning ritual at 4.30am. Um, so my ritual, you know, is, is the way that it works for me and everyone will have a different one, but I need to get out in the fresh air. I need to, um, you know, just feel how I'm feeling. To the, before the start, before the day starts, and I need to sit and I need to meditate. I need to. I look at the surf at the moment, and I have my coffee, um, and I plan my day. That works for me. And the and at the other end of the day, obviously, is the is the night ritual. So in between that, you know, I can kind of bounce around and do whatever. Mm, I love it. More, the importance mm. of morning and evening rituals, and I think your point there, Vicky, about it's different for everyone, mm. and it's about testing and playing and working out what works for you and equally if you miss a day it doesn't actually matter stop beating yourself up just just get back to Mm. it um so who's who's who inspires you you know i think um it's it's really important for those of us that are giving so much and that's exactly Mm. what you're doing in your role how do you keep motivated who is inspiring you I have a few people and it's a bit like what you know you've created as well is you've got to know who can kick your butt when you need it kicked mm. <laughs> and trust them you know so I've got a very small inner circle and 
Um, obviously, you know, those people are very important to me. So yeah, making sure that you choose the right people to surround yourself with and get rid of the ones that are toxic. Mm. Um, fortunate I've got a 97-year-old nana who I admire the most and she's the most strong, determined woman I've ever met. And um, I can have good chats to her and she says it how it is. You know, she's quite blunt and direct, but I, she loves me dearly. So I trust her dearly. Um, I've got Kelly who, who does the same. I've got Lisa. I've got, you know, these friends around me that are there through the good and bad times. You know, they're there through the different colors of the rainbows. And, um, and they're the people that I want to keep close to. And I'll invest time in them as well as they invest time in me because, you know, it does, it's not one-sided. Mm. And, and you said there, the, the rainbows, the, I think the thing about life for us all to appreciate, it isn't always rainbows and unicorns and, mm. you know, mm. champagne bottles. What do you do? How do you, can you give us some insight into how you manage those funk days mm. or failure or when things don't go quite to plan? How do you make sure you come out the other side? I sit with the uncomfortableness. I sit with it. I don't try and block it. I don't try and distract myself by getting out or 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 filling the void with ice cream, which has been the odd occasion. And it's okay when I do that as long as I know I'm doing it for that reason. Um, but no, I sit there and I just go, gosh, this hurts. Um, and I feel my emotion and I write. I'll journal it down and I'll just go, okay, what am I going to do? And, and I'll often go to those lists of things that I should do to get myself out of it. And sometimes it'll be a walk, it'll be call a Kelly or, or talk to somebody that I need to have a conversation with. Um, and, and knowing too whether you need to kick up the bum or you need um, someone who's compassionate. And I've got you know both those friends. Lisa is my friend that's very compassionate. She will sit and cry with me if I need that moment. Um, Kelly, however, will, will go, come on, pick up and run. And I love that. I love those both sides. So I can get different perspectives because, you know, as you know, when you're... Uh, running at that level, you sometimes forget um, you need you need to check in with your friends. You need to check in with the people that you love and adore the most to see that you're you're you know you're doing okay. Mm. And when the work that you're doing with with businesses at the moment and and building um, brilliant and inspiring leaders, um, what are you seeing as the biggest mistakes that that people are, ha- uh, are doing right now, or the biggest mistakes that people are making when it comes to leading their businesses? Um, look, it, it, you know, it comes from, a lot of it comes from boards who are demanding too much as well. I mean, you know, there's a lot of cost cutting. It cut, when the costs are cut off and it cuts out that time to sit and really feel and think about each of your people in your, in your organisation. And, um, you know, there's not bad leaders, I don't feel. I think they're just sometimes um, misguided. And, you know, they haven't got that support that they need to be the best that they can be. Um, so often, you know, when they can have the opportunity to... Um, work with a coach or with with someone else that can be their cheerleader um, you know that can help them uh, that turn around very quickly there are you know sadly there are always those psychopath leaders yeah, psychopathic <laughs> leaders that are you know they've got no feeling they've got no emotion they're just driving a result and sometimes you know that's okay in a certain situation of a of a of a business need but you know it can impact all the people within that organization as well so um, yeah, I'm not sure what that question was again. And that's about inspiring leaders. Well, what the biggest mm. mistakes are that leaders are making. So mm. on the flip side of that, which you've shared, on the flip side of that, if you could give three tips of how to be a brilliant leader or how to unleash the brilliance within you as an individual, what would you suggest people need to start doing? Um, well, it comes from kind of, I guess, just experience of working with those that were good at doing it and those who were bad at doing it and how you know I felt in terms of being led or being the leader, 
Um, the tips, I guess, is just really conversations are so important and we don't have enough of them. I mean, you're just sitting down and finding out how you're feeling, um, taking the one-on-one -on -one time with, with challenging people that you're feeling like they're not listening or they're not delivering. I mean, often it's the fact that, you know, we've contributed to that as well. You know, there's always two sides to any story. So it's just removing the ego and... Um, and just you know, going deeper. Mm. The power of the ego is 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 what's destroying mm. a lot of businesses. Mm. And you know, if everyone's working toward the same goals and and know that you know it's each and every one of them that contribute to the outcome, mm. um, it's just a more inspiring place and and more inspiring people to be around. Mm. I was listening to Amy Cuddy this morning, and she was talking about obviously power, personal power, but then it moved on to presence, mm. and how actually it's really hard to be truly present mm. and people can pick up really quickly when you're not present mm. but equally if you can get present how you get deeper into the conversation and you can really help each other and mm. it's actually not about authenticity or vulnerability it's just about being so in that moment with that person at that time mm. that you can truly connect and mm. truly move forward mm. um, which is what I'm thinking which is what I'm hearing you say mm. is this mm. this power of people um, actually creates the momentum and the mm. drive for change. Um, you talk a lot about um, people over profit. Mm -hmm. um, how does that play out for you in the work that you do? How does it play out? I think it just if you focus on the people, the profit will come is my kind of view there. Mm. Um, if you focus on having those deep conversations and you know there's a lot of talk now you know they, they've sort of almost labeled it the connection economy and it is I mean you know we're back to kind of having to really go out on those long lunches have those you know relationships and rapport because it's the soft skills that we know are going to be more needed in the future and and conversations are becoming you know you listen to people say oh, look I had a conversation with him and you're like was it on text email or in person and often it's on text people are even using that language now and so it's you know it's back to hey what is a conversation let's go deeper and find out really what you know what we want and people aren't getting good at being able to ask those questions because the art is in the question and they're often just giving you know the short quick answers because they want you to sort of run away and I'm too busy to talk those things if you can stop and shift that that's what's going to make you the more successful business in the mm. future is there a conversation that you can remember having at some point in your life a powerful conversation that changed changed things for you you talk a lot about the first leader that you had or it could be a teacher something some conversation that changed the course of what you were doing or how you were behaving Ah, oh, look, I've had, yeah, you're right. There is probably some that I can think of straight off the top of my head when you say that. Um, I think I had a very good leader um, when I was very young and we had a lot of conversations. And one of the things that I also learned through that time was we did a lot of the Dale Carnegie work. And, you know, the three C's, never complain, criticise or condemn. And, you know, I never heard her do any of those three things. And whenever there was a challenge or I was annoyed or I was looking to blame someone or justify, when I had that conversation with her, I would notice she would never use or criticise them back or find, you know, she'd just go, okay, look, but let's have a look at what they're good at. Um, so she really focused on the value of the person. And I learned to see good in people and she taught me that. So that conversation that we had early on, um, and I remember also she had a conversation with me about 
you know, I was sort of this young gun radio station manager and I couldn't believe that these girls were out shopping when they're meant to be selling advertising and they came back and they were showing off all their shoes and all their things that they'd bought and I was thinking you're on the clock you know we're paying you and you're doing this and I remember getting quite upset about it and um, and I remember her having the conversation with me and saying what you you know let them do that and just have a conversation about the shoes like talk about what they bought um, because if you can build that rapport with them they're going to work, walk over broken glass for you and I think about the way that she did that with me I would walk over broken glass for her you know and so I wanted to I guess achieve that with everybody and yeah look hey some take the mickey some take it too far and you've got to pull them back in on that but at the same time uh, most people enjoy being treated um, with respect dignity and you know want to be trusted mm. so so what's what's the big why for Vicky what is it What's next? What's the big thing that you are doing, working um, towards? Look, I think I have to put this art of what I've learned and all the colour into a bit more science. And so at the moment I'm working on that and I'm working with a team of psychologists and we are building something that can be more new age to gather some of these insights. Because what's out there at the moment is a lot of it was built on um, the past, the 80s, the 90s, and we know the 80s and 90s were very different to how we're operating today and tomorrow and for the future. So I want to put some science behind some of the art that's worked for me and for others and, um, and get rid of some of the old methods that are not going to be um, or keep people happy in the future. You know, again, it's all about sort of attracting the right people, looking after them and retaining them. And yep, sure, you've got to let them go as well, but you've also got to just look for ways that um, give you the evidence that this is what you should be doing as opposed to just because my gut says so. Mm. It has been a fabulous conversation. I think um, what has clearly come out as I've been listening, which is as a result of your 20 years of experience of working with people and showing how when you get people and cultures aligned with vision, you can create remarkable results. What's clearly coming out for me is your passion for that. And for me, I'm sure our, our listeners will have picked up on some of these key messages that you talked about. One was, I'm getting really, I, get, I sit with uncomfortableness. Um, and it's mm -hmm. phenomenal how many people find that uncomfortable mm -hmm. where they quickly try and solve the answer or put the band-aid on and yet the power of sitting with the uncomfortableness is often where the learning, mm -hmm. the growth or the opportunity comes. So that's a great bit of insight. I also love the, the power of the naivety, um, which I think again in this world where we're all moving so quickly and trying to find answers and we can Google the hell out of everything, um, often not knowing the answer um, creates the gift of change. It creates the opportunity, creates the possibility of what could be. Um, so I think that's something that we can all learn. And the one thing I just want to finish on, Vicky, is for me, you are not only inspiring because of the work that you are doing and that you're committed to, um, and your commitment to your friendships and your family um, are just, you know, second to none. But what really, um, the reason I feel so honoured to know you is just the incredible determination um, that you have had um, from such an early age and that you continue to show in all your work. Um, but on top of that, you try and instil in the people that you work with, I think is just phenomenal. So for me, that is why you are an absolutely incredible woman in your own right, who is absolutely performing at her best. And I can't wait to see what happens next. It's been wonderful to chat with you. Thank you so much. Vicky. Thank you. 
We hope you enjoyed listening to The Janine Garner Show. To follow her blog, purchase her books, or find out more, visit her website, janinegarner.com.au. Brilliant people, extraordinary results.